from Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. podcast that i am going to be completely honest i i you know was deciding do i want to get into this or not this has been a very strange week uh so if you guys listened to the last episode with alex lanes before we had her on we were talking about the intro and i was saying how i saw the trailer for alex's war i watched alex on uh michael malice's show i then watched alex on red scare i previously watched alex on blair white's show i just watch all of his stuff and I was like, man, this looks like it's going to be a really great film. Let's see if we can get him back on to talk about that. And the last thing on my mind was the Sandy Hook stuff, because I feel yeah. like it's been talked about ad nauseum. I did see that Alex was in the news for all that type of stuff. But if I'm being completely honest, I don't keep up to date with when the trial is happening. So I reached out to his people to have him on and possibly even have the filmmaker on to talk about Alex's war. And if you've been watching any of the news, you know that the shit just hit the fan the past few days and we were still going to possibly get Alex on. And because of everything going on, Alex had to cancel at the last minute. And I said to Chris, I sort of had mixed feelings about it because I would love to talk to Alex again. I'd love to talk about this film at the same time right now with how high the tension is with everything. I wouldn't want people to listen and think that we we're exploiting the whole Sandy Hook situation um, and, and unfortunately that's just what's in the news right now. And it also looks like a possibility. Alex may be going to jail. Alex yeah. maybe tried for perjury. And if you look at what happened to Stephen K. Bannon, uh, if you look at even what happened to Roger Stone and if Trump wasn't president, Roger Stone also would have went to jail. This has to be, I feel like he's kept his cool very well in terms of the interviews he did, like the one with, um, Michael Malice, but I would assume this has to be a very trying time for him knowing that this could be the end for him. Well, I know it was nice, honestly, in, in, in I'm going to say his defense, but to in support of it. And a lot of you people that are friends with me don't like my relationship with Alex. And I, 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 Alex has always been good to me. He's always been respectful. He's always been, he's always let me say what I wanted to say whenever I would go on InfoWars. And, and, you know, to be quite honest, Fox and CNN and New York Times and everybody else, I got the biggest bumps on on interactions within social media and everything else whenever I was on InfoWars more so than any of the other networks. So Alex, thank you for that. You're actually, you actually helped my, my interactions, my followers, whatever you want to call them grow. And so I am appreciative of that by him giving me that, but you know, it, it, it sucks and it does suck. And my people may be cheering. I'm not um, to me, he's still a pioneer. If without Alex Jones, you know, we don't have podcasts or we don't have the Joe without Alex Jones, you don't have Joe. I'm sorry, Joe, you don't, you know, I people rush Limbaugh talk radio, but as far as videos and, and doing it in a way that that was, was, I don't want to say revolutionary, but maybe that's the word I need to use. Um, 
we don't we don't have what we have today. So people have to respect that. And if they don't, then you're you're wrong. You have to respect what he says. And he was wrong in Sandy Hook. Ian and I both agree that. We both agree that that was too far. But that being said, he was right on the was it Lolita Island. He was he it was right yeah Bohemian the, Grove the Bohemian uh, Grove Epstein and, Lolita Island. There, there's there's so many things. But the yeah. the thing is, he said it on Rogan where he said, and I really do believe this. I know people dismiss it, but he goes, I developed like a form of psychosis because of how into conspiracy theories I am. That nothing was real, everything was staged, yeah. and he has apologized for that. And there was like a big headline just today. Alex Jones admits in court that Sandy Hook shooting was 100% real. And if you've watched Alex, which I have, probably yeah, for four yeah. years now, he's said that. that. That is not a revelation. The big revelation, quite honestly, was the fact that his lawyer sent all of his private information to the other lawyer. Wow, he and better be getting I, his I money really back wanted to him. ask him about that because I truly do not even understand how that happens. I do. And you and I kind of texted about it last night. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist either, but if we were to put me and Ian together, I'd probably be more so than him. Um, but I said, man, I wonder if his lawyer did that nefariously. I did say, oh, it was an accident, but actually maybe he had something out for Alex and it was done done on purpose, whatever. But regardless, whether it was done on purpose or accident, it, 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 he, dude, he, he, he perjured himself with it and you can't yeah. do that you can't do that under oath i don't care who you are unless you're hillary clinton then you can do that and you can destroy your servers especially when they're subpoenaed <laughs> and all the all the stuff that might incriminate you you can go hit them with a sledgehammer and put put bleach well, well that's and and i'll I wish yeah i remember all that but yeah. i i was even gonna say it I, I know we've mentioned this on the podcast before people always have that thing where they go oh uh Bill Clinton got impeached for a blowjob. And it's like, no, that's actually no. not why he got impeached. No. He got impeached for lying under oath. So yep. lying under oath, even if it's about the smallest thing, is a big deal. And I'm sure Alex said, oh, yeah, I haven't texted about Sandy Hook. And and little did he know that every single text he sent for the past two years well, I, was going to be used for the other side. So. I think what we, we we can see out of this, too, and it's also another verification, is there are set, definitely set of standards for politicians, for those politicians that have a public persona and even just regular Joe's, which Alex is not a regular Joe, but he's not a politician either. That standards are different and that, yeah, he might go to prison for perjury, but just your example is great. I, you know, I forgot all about that with Bill Clinton. Yes. He perjured himself too, but what did anything happen to it? No. Well, so he was I, impeached. He was impeached, but he did. He, he was impeached, but he still, I got you, but it never, it didn't get passed by the house and all that other. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's when people say why he was impeached. That's the that's the reason. And and I feel like history has changed the story of the reason for his impeachment. But and they said, oh, it's not a reason for impeachment. Well, if you lie under oath, it is a reason for impeachment. But so. do you think, do you think my, I'm asking you this do you think that was it's so the, funny? Because uh, I didn't think we were going to talk about Bill Clinton. Yeah, I know her getting Bill Clinton. <laughs> you give it, but, you, you know, you're thinking of examples off the fly. That's what people have to understand about podcasts. Like nothing is scripted. We're just this <laughs> we is just, just a conversation. We just go. We just yeah, go so what were you saying though? Well, but you know, if Alex Jones goes to prison for this, do you think that Bill Clinton, for what he did, even though he was impeached, should he have gone? Should he have he go to prison or have gone to prison for? basically doing this he, he purged himself he lied under oath as well so what do you think yeah. on if i'm going to be completely honest like i just feel like i don't know enough because i'm not okay. a lawyer and at the same time i feel like watching 
Alex's trial, just the clips I have. I haven't watched the whole thing. Just being truthful. And that's why I wanted to give a really objective interview with Alex if we had him on. And maybe we'll, uh, we will have him I, on I hope at so. some and just, point. And just so Alex uh, and Alex's producer let them know that, that this is a... Yes, we'll ask Alex questions, but both Ian and I have much respect for Alex, and yeah, we don't do. But I, I'm also going to be ob- objective, and and being objective, Alex didn't do himself any favors with the way that he conducts himself in court because of the fact that if if you've watched Alex, that really is him, and he can never turn it off. I feel like so when the the um when the other lawyer and as well as the judge are asking him yes or no questions. Yeah. Alex has to go off on a tangent about everything to the point that the the judge even said to Alex, like, this is a yes or no question. This isn't your show. And Alex, unfortunately, doesn't realize that sometimes that, like, you're in court and you got to answer this stuff yes or no, and you can't go off on a tangent about every single thing. And that's kind of how Alex conducts himself at all times. Yeah. But that being said, you're never going to do a gotcha. We don't do that. We don't do gotcha podcasts. We don't we're not going to come. No, no, I would would just just, want to be fair to it because being completely fair. I totally understand why the Sandy Hook parents want to see Alex suffer. And sure. if I was one of those parents, I may too. And the reason I'm sympathetic to Alex's cause is because of the fact that I've watched Alex for so many years prior to that, that I know that this is, as he said, like a tidbit in his history. And he's done so many other things. Mm-hmm. And that's actually why I am looking forward to watching Alex's war. And I did uh, buy it on DVD because I don't do much of the streaming stuff. Um, and it does look like Alex Moore did it just from what I've seen so far, yeah. did an awesome job in terms of being objective and not doing a fluff piece. I may feel differently when I watch the whole thing, but uh, I would even love to talk to Alex Lee Moyer because I know she's a very talented filmmaker. No, I'd love to, too. And I, those like and I, I hope she comes on I, I, the trailer. I saw the trailer and I've seen what I can on YouTube and it does look really good. And yeah, one thing about mistakes, a person as egregious as the mistake they make, if they can admit they're wrong. Uh, that says a lot of their character. Now, if you continually admit you're wrong and you continually keep making the same mistake, then we've got a we've got an antisocial or sociopathic personality there. But if you can admit you made a mistake and then you stop those mistakes, then you're making yourself a better person. And and I don't know if he has, if he's got he's admitting his mistakes, but it doesn't look like he's being able to stop his mistakes. I think part of the issue, though, is that Alex is and he would I mean, it's even how InfoWars is branded. It's like government cover ups, conspiracies. And if if that's your show, then you're you're going to speculate on certain things being conspiracy. But um, anyway, the, the bottom line is I'm looking forward to seeing the documentary. Alex, we'd love to have on. This was a weird week to have him on, but it, I think it would have done big numbers. At the same point, I wouldn't want people to be like, oh, they're exploiting the court case because that actually it might sound crazy. That was not my intention. My intention was to talk about the film, because, as I said, he's talked about this trial so much that at this point, I don't want to say I don't care because it's a major, major thing that happened. But I've heard everything that needs to be heard about this trial. And I I do hope for the best for the guy. I do. I I I do do think he's a free speech pioneer. Um, And at the same time, I could say he messed up. And that's where I think he would say the same thing. And and I'd love to have him on because I consider him a friend. I, I do. Uh, you know, not a, we, we don't hang out or anything, but it's one of those things that we saw each other, we have the mutual respect and we'd be able to give each other. I'm sure we do the bro hug to get. But and I, you know, I'd like to hear his side and, and 
on our show, we that's what we do. We we just want to hear everybody's. We want to hear sides. Whether you're, we don't care what political aisle you're on. Granted, majority of our people that we have on the show are are right wing or that leaning, and and you'll find that that's probably most veterans are. But we would still have him on to hear what he had to say, and we don't get an argument. We're not having him on to get an argument or to no. make no. It just hey, hey, and that's where I would. I just want him on. Hey, brother, explain yourself. This is your opportunity. Tell us, explain yourself and, you know, hey, don't bullshit us because I may miss it because I'm not that smart, but Ian's not. He'll catch it. So, and he's going to ask you on it in a, in a very tactical way, a very polite way, but it'd be still for him. Hey, this is your chance to come on and just explain yourself and do it under really a, not safe space, but a very, like I said, objective, an objective podcast that we're not here just to get in an argument with you because it gets our ratings up. We don't care about that shit. We just want yeah, you to. Yeah. And the talk. truth is, he can't even go on anywhere now because even if they do want to just yell over him, they don't have him on anywhere. It's it's an interesting thing that you just don't get to hear yeah, the perspective, yeah, yeah. except if you listen, like I said, to Red Scare or Michael Malice or Blair White, you know, the shows that he's or Battle Live podcast if he comes up. Or the first one. Yeah. The first <laughs> one you guys can look up. But um, I was going to say, man, this has been, there's times where we prep the show and I'm like, I don't know anything uh, going on in terms of our wheelhouse. And, you know, same for you. This has been a huge news week. Uh, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, the first thing being the Senate passing the long halted bill um, to help veterans in burn pits. We go over that. We're going to go over that with Jason yeah, Piccolo. Yeah, yeah. Um, last night, the death of uh, Jackie Walorski, the congresswoman from Indiana who passed away in a car crash. Uh, man, that was I didn't really know that. tragic. Oh, to hear. I'm yeah, sorry that, to hear that. Oh. Yeah, that happened yesterday. And then I'm I'm, I'm going to assume that you've heard about, of course, the Al-Qaeda leader. Uh, I'm an Al-Zawahiri killed yeah. in the U.S.-led drone strike. And that happened this past week. So yeah. that was definitely, um, you know, I guess a positive, another another major chess piece on the board of Al-Qaeda, you know, taking out bin Laden, now taking out Al-Zawahiri. I don't think, uh, I, you, I mean, you could speak this more. I don't know if it means necessarily Al-Qaeda is dead or terrorism is dead in the region, yeah, no. but two major players are dead. Uh, and uh, dude, it's it's just like anything else, like like centipede. Well, I, that's a bad example because if you shoot the head in centipede, you can actually kill the whole centipede. I'm talking you, about you the old what, video. You know what? I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna yeah. tell you when I interviewed uh, pilot Dan Hampton, the way he put it, he he called a terrorist whack a mole. It, it, no, it is. It, it really is. And that's a good analogy. Uh, you, you know, there's somebody in the wings waiting to take over for him. Uh, and terrorism's not dead. We still have troops. I, I know, just talked to a buddy personally, it's an E6, the 10th Mountain Division. He just got back from Syria, and their mission is to fight ISIS to right now. This was last week. ISIS is still alive and well, guys. We just don't see it on the news a whole bunch because, well, it sure as hell doesn't help this current administration with all the fiascos going on right now. Al-Qaeda is still alive and well. Uh, as well they're not as powerful as they used to be but that can be said because of us a lot of that can be said because isis is really the taking the majority of the recruits that they're the ones that want to the more moderate terrorists is there such a thing um would go to al-qaeda the very extreme extreme i want to kill everything if you're not a if you're not a, 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 a islamist extremist they go to isis so i would say honestly isis is probably probably helped curtail al-qaeda more than more than us i'll be honest with you um but they're still out there and they're still in our they're still in parts of afghanistan they're still the taliban still getting stronger and stronger and what we thought was going to happen with the uh, women and and 
and women's rights in Afghanistan is is happening as we speak. There, there are none, guys. They're gone. There, there, there's no women going to school anymore. Um, what we I saw when I got there in 2005, and then the transition to a more uh, liberated Afghanistan, where girls, young girls, and women were going to school, that's gone. Bye. We just lost it. So terrorism is still alive and well. Um, um, I'm glad we haven't had a huge attack on anything major American. Uh, major American outpost or an American soil. And I hope there's not one. I'm not going to be a pessimist say, God, I hope there's one. So it will prove Joe Biden's an idiot. I, I no, I don't want there to be one. I, I never want to see a terrorist attack on American, anything American or even our allies again. But the possibility of it out there is always increasing because they are still out there and they're getting stronger slowly, not as fast as they did back in the day, but they still are out there and getting stronger. And, and we also have the U.S. Army out there that's still fighting ISIS in Syria right now. So what can you yeah. say, bro? That's just the way I'd say that's just the way of the world. I think that's going to be for many, 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 many years. Yeah, the, the way I've heard it put is um, and this is the same thing Dan Hampton actually said was like we're very and he, it's the reason he said terrorist whack-a-mole. He said, you know, America is very good at killing bad guys, but we need to stomp out the ideology. We need to make the ideology not cool in these places. And, and, I don't and know that's, that's the possible. problem. I don't know how that, I don't know how to do that. I don't know if that's even a possibility anymore. Um, it's just like kids that join gangs, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're lost or that's their, that's their, that's who they emulate. And that's why they stay in the gang. That's why they go to the Crips and the Bloods. And that's why they go to White Fence and Grape Street and, and, and Tonkin Crip gang. It's the same thing becoming a terrorist, to be honest. With you. I'm not, now I'm not equating gangs and terrorism, but I'm just saying that is a place they can go and I feel maybe love, it may be a weird love, but it's still love and feel a focus and they have drive and there is a sense of power because now people are scared of you. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. Having that sense of power you have over people is, is a huge, it's, it's an aphrodisiac, man. It really is. And I think that's the biggest draw to it too. Uh, I'm not, as you know, I'm not a nation building kind of guy. I, I do believe in America having a humble foreign policy, but I would say that that the argument the people on the nation building side would say, that's why you need to build schools over there. That's why you need to educate these people because they won't grow up to be terrorists. That's it's not going to work. Sorry, guys, we don't need a nation built. If we get attacked, we go in there, we kill whoever attacked us and we leave and we give them their country back and say, here it goes. I wish that would work. Um, and being around children overseas, being around a lot of uh, seeing children die overseas, seeing little girls go to school, which still, still resonates in my head. I still can see the little girl in Kabul going to school for the first time in her little schoolgirl outfit. And me just, getting, I get chills thinking about it because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing that I get to be a part of it. it, it it's It's gone away like that. It's in a flash. So I know that it has great intentions. But in most areas, especially where terrorism is rampant or Islamist extremism is rampant, like the Taliban, it's never going to work because we that means we have to have a presence there 24-7, 365, and we can't do that. We don't have the numbers, and honestly, we don't need to be doing that anymore because that's just that just causes more kids to, to die. More of our service members will die being overseas into a country that really, after a certain amount of time, is going to is going to resent you for being there 
So I'm a, I'm with you, brother. I'm never a nation builder. I I used to be under the when I first went to Iraq under Bush. I was like, yeah, this, this is. But after doing it for ten years and seeing that it, that it, it it doesn't work, I I know from experience this isn't some PhD I got. No, no hit on our, our guest Jason Piccolo who has a PhD, <laughs> but from my experience, just being overseas in these countries and being one that was proponent for nation building, and then going to Libya after and seeing that that doesn't work and taking out dictators actually makes things worse. And then going to Yemen as well after that, I'll tell you right now that nation building will never work and we'll never be able to change ideologies. That's their ideologies. Leave it be, let them have it. And if they attack us, we know who that is. Go stop the shit out of them, but then leave that country again and just say, don't attack us anymore. We won't have to do this ever again. Um, I don't think there's a hundred percent answer. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say it's it's interesting to see how perspective has changed, especially among yeah. conservatives on that, because yeah. I was a big Ron Paul supporter and I was actually a Democrat before I was a Ron Paul supporter. And a lot of it had to do with and I think probably people younger into politics, maybe people like Alexandra Lanes, like wouldn't know this because they weren't old enough. But the Republicans for a long time were the party of foreign interventionism post 9-11. And when Ron Paul was out there saying a lot of things that are popular now, saying we don't need to nation build, um, we didn't, we don't need to be in every country, he was getting booed like profusely. That was not a popular opinion, and that has changed, especially among conservatives, a lot. I feel like Republicans now are not as much the party of nation building and the world police. No, we are. I feel like that shifted more to the Democrats. But uh, anybody who's followed politics, I would say from about two thousand one to probably maybe 2016, probably right before Trump, Republicans were very much the party of nation building. Uh, and they weren't prior, but post 9-11, I feel like it was yeah. almost, we need to be everywhere. And I think people have learned that that does not work. I think conservatives, to give them at least some kudos, they listened to the veterans that came back. All of our veteran guests that we've had on, I don't think we've had one that said nation building works. Maddie Waters definitely didn't think it did. Um, there are out there, though, to, to be to be fair. I mean, because um, we've mentioned before um, Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw is a big nation building guy and he's a veteran and I mean, lost yeah, his eye in combat. There, I know? guess there, there's never 100 percent. The ones that I maybe it's maybe it's the, who I surround myself with. Maybe it's my friends. or yeah, But um, but I, I would say I mean, John McCain. Right. But he, he that was a different war. But I'm just, I'm just throwing McCain out names all, here. Yeah. He was also in Libya when we were there. We, broker and weapons deals and see yeah, yeah but that's a yeah I, allegedly I, I i used it dude did you like that i like <laughs> no but you're right you're right i mean the people that i remember i was following politics at that time it's when i was working with andrew wilkow and that was the time that john mccain said these are the moderate rebels that's what he called them the moderate rebels that were arming who do <laughs> i need to right. say allegedly <laughs> are they right. they are the people who became they isis was. right isn't that a fact at this point that, no that is that's that's exactly i mean i was there i was there on the ground i saw john mccain Come to our facility when I was in Tripoli and me sitting out there in my, I remember being out in my Ranger Silkies. <laughs> I had a t-shirt on. It's in the morning. I have a cup of coffee because I'm just chilling out there. And he gets out with Ambassador Stevens and, 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 uh, and, and Diplomat Hicks, uh, the, the John Hicks, the, the assistant deputy to the Charge Day Affairs, I guess you could call him. I wouldn't Ambassador Stevens wasn't there, but I remember him getting out and I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck is he doing here? And then I started to put it all together. But yeah, no, I I guess we could say that. I don't know. I'm just protecting. I, you know what you said last night about the alleged thing? That made sense to me. So I guess. Ah, yeah, I'll, I'll it's important. But I'm just trying. I mean, you would know better than me at this point. The people that he called, are, you would know better. You know, they the are no, no, the no, people they, that he called moderate rebels. Moderate they rebels. were ISIS, right? That was the precursor for 
I not ISIS, but that was Ansar Sharia, that was Rafala Sahate, that was 17 Feb Martyrs Brigade, horse shit, dude. Uh, it was it was guys that later joined and became became a big part of ISIS. This might ISIS be a good a, a good clip for YouTube because I think a lot of people don't know this. I well, think I've there's heard. a lot of people who you know, and and it's not to um scrutinize these people, but you often hear people say. I didn't follow politics until, you know, Donald Trump, for example. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. Trump and then yeah. I got involved. And I think there are people who don't really know the history of ISIS and, and, or know the history of the way that you do. There are some and, you know, there are some that actually even trace it all the way back to Al-Zakawi from back in AQI. Say so that was the beginning of ISIS. I, I don't necessarily agree with that because Zakawi was just took Al-Qaeda to the next level. I mean, he took I mean. He took him to the state. That was when the videos of head cutting off and it was a Daniel Pearl. I mean, that's Zakari. Yeah. That's when terrorism took on that sensationalism levels. That's Zakari now. And some will say, and I think a lot of them do say it, and it's mainly the ones I know that say it are the ones that are mainly liberals is because they don't want to admit that ISIS was most likely formed under Obama. That's when it took really good shape. They want to trace it all the way back, of course, to who? To Bush. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, so when they say ISIS, some, there are some out there that will tell you, they'll argue, no, 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 ISIS was way before that. It started to form under Zakari. No horse shit. That was AQI. That was Al Qaeda. No, it didn't. As ISIS started to form under the Obama, and this is my view. This is my opinion. All right. Uh, opinion. For, opinion. opinion. <laughs> opinion. My opinion. My opinion. Sorry, my redneck came out there a little bit. Um, no, I, I saw it start to form under the Obama administration when I was the ending days of Afghanistan and when I started to move to northern Iraq and started to do trips to Libya and then Yemen. And that was Ansar Sharia. That was those those militias that we were supporting to overthrow dictators that who you knew they were going to turn on us. I mean, it was obvious. And when he said, I remember that when he said moderate rebels, and we, we I was overseas when he said that. And I remember we were in a team room and we just all just busted up laughing. He's like that moderate. Yeah, there's a fucking he's moderately going to cut your head off when he captures you. Right. He's moderately going to burn you and, and throw you in an orange jumpsuit and then burn you. It's just moderate gasoline. That was the joke when we were overseas when he said that stupid shit. So, yeah, I, I it, dude, It started then. I, I, and but because Obama continues to get a pass and he always will. I, I really believe he always will get a pass. And he was, the, to me, was the biggest warmongering president that at least I'd ever been around. And I served a lot of years overseas. Um, it will never come to, it will never be able to really validate it under the mainstream because Obama will always get a pass, man. And to me, being and serving the majority of my time overseas under that administration we we destabilized and destroyed more countries under him than anybody and that's proof i mean that's just math you can see that and then libya was one of them and isis was made and formed and and really matured under obama it did and it's still alive and well it's still out there even though we don't want to talk about it too much and it's still in syria and the u.s army and the military is still in syria fighting isis to to, to date even though we don't hear much about that right now yeah. With McCain, it's a weird thing because I feel like, you know, for, for one, he's no longer here. But but when he was, he's a guy that I would say I totally respect his service. Yeah. I completely respected what he did, but it doesn't mean he ended up being a good politician. And I, I think a lot yeah. of people feel the same disappointment for Dan Crenshaw. And uh, it's actually why I, I don't think it's like, oh, this guy served. We got to put him in office. Yeah. I, I think yeah. you got to look at what 
people's positions are on every single thing. Um, I, I think that's important. There are people actually I was saying to you last night, like Lee Zeldin, who's running in New York, who I've who I've met several times, yeah. uh, who did serve. Yeah. And I think we'll make a great governor. I could be wrong. You know, politicians have certainly disappointed us many times, but I, th- I think he'll do a good job. I think uh, we need someone like that in there. But the, the last thing I was going to uh, mention, he doesn't, I guess, he doesn't need security. He doesn't need security either. Because, yeah, he does. <laughs> they should have had security, though. The fact that the no. just went right up on stage and tried to stab him. But um, he is a black belt and he was able to handle himself, yeah. but it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. And you guys probably saw that a few weeks ago and Lee Zeldin really made the point that this is what's wrong with New York. This guy is going to be released immediately yeah. after this. It, it doesn't Ridiculous. make any sense yeah. as opposed to, and I'm sure I'm guessing you saw this, the bodega owner who killed yeah. uh, someone in self-defense and he's going to jail. It, the, the laws are completely uh, the opposite of what they should be. Yeah. But the, the last piece of news, and I remember you and I discussed this really in depth yesterday. I don't know how much you want to get into it because I, I, I know people want to hear Jason Piccolo, but I just yeah. want to at least mention Pelosi making the trip to Taiwan to represent the U.S. And so when I first heard about this, I saw the clips of uh, the Biden administration saying we don't support uh, Taiwan independence. We don't recognize Taiwan as its own independent country. And that was making its rounds on conservative media. And people were saying, I can't believe the Biden administration would say this. Then I kind of dug a little deeper. And actually, I saw this from BK on Twitter. BK, a lot of you guys might know his podcast, Air Force PJ. And BK said, this has always been the policy of the U.S. The policy of the U.S. has been what they've called strategic ambiguity. So if you're against Biden saying that, it is not new. It's what the policy has always been. And I personally... I know people are going to disagree with me. I don't care. I'm always going to give you my genuine opinion. I do applaud Pelosi going over there uh, in the way that she's doing and saying, I support Taiwan independence. And I think, I know this might be a small step and we're talking about, oh, it's going to be World War III. They're going to shoot planes out of the sky. Um, I I just always think diplomacy, uh, bold diplomacy is what makes major change in the world. And I think back to before I was born, Reagan with Mr. Gorbachev tearing yeah. down this wall. They said, this is going to cause World War III. More recently, Trump going to um, North Korea. This is going to cause World War III. And I see this being the same thing. And just in my opinion, in terms of the hypocrisy, if you don't like the Biden administration saying we don't recognize Taiwan as its own independent country um, and that basically they should be ruled under Chinese communism, then you can't be mad at Pelosi for going against the administration and doing the opposite. That's just my opinion. I, I, and with me, I, <clears throat> I, you know, we talked about it earlier in my days when we talked on the text, my days, I guess, you know, what was my text? We've always, you know, ta- Taiwan's an ally. It's always been an ally to people that haven't been with the agency or other. I mean, I guess I just, I, I took it for granted that everybody just knew that. It's like, well, this ain't a big deal. They've always been our ally. In fact, whenever we go out the door, we figure out where our allies are, depending on the region we're going to. And I never worked the East Asia region, but you knew who your allies were. So if you had a Diddy Mao, you knew where you could go. And so, so I, I mean, look, I've obviously never served, but so I've just been reading up on this and I think they've almost <laughs> been like an unofficial official ally, yeah. but our position has always been, been yeah, once again, right. I'm looking strategic ambiguity, meaning we'll work with them, but we don't recognize them as their own country. And right. I think Pelosi, and, and I'm not just going to say because it's Pelosi, I don't like it. No matter who the politician was who went over there, if they took this bold move to say, I want to go over there and and basically strengthen relations with them. 
I'm all for it. And and personally, once again, I don't like the whole, oh, it's Pelosi. You know what? China should shoot it out of the sky because it's Pelosi. <laughs> I just think it's childish. I think it's silly. And I, and I don't think just because it's a politician you don't like, it means they can't do something yeah, yeah, that, no, that is no, positive. That's my no, you know you're right. And I, I my jury, I, I told you last, my jury really is still out on this one. I don't like Nancy Pelosi. I never have. I, and neither I, do I. And, and but uh, and in this case here, is she doing it because? And I have to speculate. And I, I don't really, even though I speculate a hell of a lot on this show, I don't really want to speculate on this one because. If she did it as and it was altruistic and it was really she really wanted to 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 do something good for the uh, Republic of China for Taiwan you know what it used to be called Iraq um, then great if she was doing it to put a feather in her cap because she's going to retire and this is something she wanted to show the world oh, look look what I did look how, then no then you're then you're, it's fucking wrong um, so I I don't know but that's the only time we'll be able to tell that as far as the World War Three going. World War Three may start because of Ukraine, not because of this. If it's going to start, it's going to be because of what's going on over there. And then China's just going to ally with Russia because that's how world wars work, guys. If you want to do your do some research on world wars, but to say this is going to start World War Three, no. Um, I would look at. I'm just looking at more as a personal level. Did she do it because she was something she really believed in and it was altruistic and she wanted to do something good? Or did she do it to put a feather in her cap, just like we talked about last night, what kind of Hillary was doing to Libya as this is a stepping stone. Look what I did. I overthrew this dictator. I'm starting an English speaking school. We're well, gonna, to be democracy. fair, I don't think anybody thinks China's dictator is going to be overthrown. Like, it's yeah, going to take but, time. But I, 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 I guess think I'm just talking is, on a personal sure, level, just sure. on a person. Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for the people? And for me, I don't know. But I, 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 I wish I could argue with you. I just I don't know. It's going to give me six months. Let's talk about it again. <laughs> and then I'll be able to know. I don't yeah. Know. Okay. I, I'll say that I feel like this is how policy, though, sometimes changes is when people buck the party and they go against the party. And I'll give you another example. Um, I don't know if you guys <laughs> remember this. And this will be like the one time I agreed with Biden on something was uh, the the official position of the Obama administration on gay marriage was they were against gay marriage in the very beginning. Were they And I'm personally pro gay marriage. Always have been. Um, when they asked Biden about this at a press conference, he said, no, I have no problem with gay people marrying. Why is that an issue? And he went against the administration. And that's when the policy started to shift because Biden, they were like, you can't do that. You can't go against the administration. And that's the job of the vice president. You just echo whatever the president says. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you have the Speaker of the House saying, all right, Biden's position is this. I'm going to take the complete opposite position. I'm going to go over there. And I just believe that if you believe in um, basically closing this grip of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, I think you should support this. That's just my opinion. And you're, you're right. We don't know until I just don't. this could this could end up being a completely terrible idea and it could shake things up. And I saw Trump wrote a thing about Nancy Pelosi is always starting trouble. He could be right. I could be completely wrong. I'm just giving you my gut instinct that, on that's, this. But you're, that's your but that makes that shows your personality. bro. And I'm saying that in a good way. It shows that you see that you're seeing things as half full. You're you're you do have an altruistic nature. And that's a, honestly on a personal level for you. That's a good thing. That shows me that I'm when it comes to politicians, I'm completely jaded and I'm always going to be skeptical. Always I don't care if it's Trump or Pelosi or I'm always going to be. There's something else here that I, I, and I'm completely be way off. And that's 
So, so to, not saying that's a bad way of living because I'm a very happy person. Other than that, that's why I don't get the politics. I'm half full kind of person. But it also shows to me that, yeah, you, hey, dude, you you still have a good heart. That's a, I, I like well, that, man. I, I don't I know. Do. And I appreciate it, but I don't know if it's that. I mean, for one, I'm not a hyperpartisan. I am a Republican, yeah. but I have no problem saying when a Democrat, even if it's a Democrat, I completely disagree with does something right. Um, I just need to be shown as soon as I'm shown that there's more to this and I'm yeah. missing it, my position will change. But until then, I am not going to speculate on any. There's no evidence right now of there being any hidden agenda to this. As soon as there is, yeah, my position will shift with more information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this to. is just yeah. my my opening position. My my position on COVID changed as we learn more information. I think what, most of the public's position. What about the monkeypox, man? What about the monkeypox? California monkeypox. What it being an executive uh, <laughs> no, state no. of emergency? Well, New York, it's shit. about to be New York. It's about to be, or it is a state of emergency. Oh, for fuck's sake! I mean, I, I definitely swear. don't agree with that. I mean, oh course, my lord! I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just getting a rise out of you, dude. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you with with Pelosi too. My, for me, the jury really is still out. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I would love. I hope, but Taiwan does need be recognized for its independence, and they've been an ally of ours. Um. Man, I just wish wish we could. I, I wish we would do more for that, but uh, I don't know if we will. But then we also have that. We can, dude. I know we can go down. No, I, I, my, I know. I guess my only my only thing I would say to this audience because I already know ninety percent of the audience is going to disagree with me. I know <laughs> that. I, I don't right. care. I'm always going to give you my real view. Is just ask yourself if Trump was doing the same thing, would you be in support of it? Because if you're only not in support of it based on the person over there then you're being partisan and you have to be objective and you have to break out of that cognitive cognitive dissonance is what I have yeah. to say. I'll go yeah. to this last email before gotcha. we get to Jason um, because it was a quick one and you guys could send your emails over to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Tonto, my name is Derek Collins and I'm from a little town in Southeast Kentucky called Whitesburg. Last week, my hometown was devastated by a flood. I know that you are a man of faith like I am. Yeah. I'm not here asking for money. I am here to ask for your prayers. Uh, may God bless you and your family, and may God bless our military. Thank you for your time, Derek Collins. Man, you know, being a flood adjuster, and I still am current That's flood true. adjuster yeah. uh, for many, many years. Um, I've seen devastations from hurricanes, and and people don't realize there are a lot of floods that happen in Kentucky, like the hills, Kentucky, West Virginia. Massive mud flows is what we call them. They're not mud slides; they're mud flows. It's like a shake coming down. And going into these towns after that, it really does look like, and I can compare it to a war zone. It really does look like a war zone. Seeing a mud line on a house that's up to the rafters and seeing a whole town that was there just devastated. And they're all, you know, windows busted out. It looked, they look like ghost towns because the mud comes in, then it goes out. But then there's a price still two foot, two foot of mud after, and there's water everywhere, just destruction. I feel for you guys. So prayers will definitely be with you. And I, I'm hoping I don't I haven't paid attention if there was a death toll there. I hope not. The thing with floods is they happen so quick in those areas. You just you don't even know they're coming and they're on you. And I've been around some when they've dissipated and man, seeing that water where it shouldn't be or seeing mud flows. It's honestly quite intimidating and scary. It, it really is. I'd rather be shot at than standing there thinking i was gonna get swept away by mud and water in an area that should be dry it's 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 almost surreal too so prayers are with you brother i wish you and um 
I hope I'll pray for your insurance adjuster. If you have one coming to you, that you get a good one that will take care of you. That doesn't go with what FEMA wants or NFIP wants national flood insurance program. They go with what is best for you. And most flood adjusters will, they're going to try to get you, get you right. If you don't have flood insurance and for all you out there, listen, if you're in that area, start going to your emergency management agency now and applying for uh, applying, put a claim in because you're going to start getting aid and the ones that apply now are going to get the aid if you because it runs out it, it, it they only have so much money and brother i've seen homes actually that didn't get aid and didn't have full insurance their lives are done i mean, it really is they, they're starting from scratch and it's 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 sad it really is it's, it's so prayers with you i hope you have flood insurance if not though get with your local emergency management agency now do it today and get your name on that list and start filing a claim so you get put on for for uh, emergency aid because did they declare i don't know if they did or not i hope the president was smart enough to declare a national emergency so federal dollars get to them to help people that didn't have flood insurance man um yeah but I, you know if you ever get a chance i go on a big flood claim and i think you'd like to just so you can experience one where a whole town is underwater and seeing the remnants of it after it, it is similar to seeing a whole place shot up and bombed out I mean, I could just think of Long Beach after Hurricane Sandy. For yeah, sure. yeah, so, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah, that's 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 right there, man. That's that was which one of looks the worst. great now, by the way. Uh, Jersey Shore was hit by, hard by that, and that looks great now too. I know you that we were there. Great, um, yeah, but yeah. Thought, thoughts and prayers definitely with definitely you. Um, we're we're gonna get to Jason Piccolo, but before we do, Bub's Naturals is, is what is always fueling our workouts. And uh, yeah, the collagen protein is one of a kind in terms of it's single sourced. It's uh, as, as Sean has said on the podcast before, it's just raw ground up cowhide. And that collagen is going to help you with skin, hair, nails, also just elasticity of your joints and, uh, and muscle recovery. It's, yeah. it's a great product. Did still use it, drinking it today. And I had a good workout, hundred degree heat, only ran a couple miles a day, but then I worked out down in my basement for two hours my joints feel great. My back feels great. I honestly, I can see when I watch our podcast, <laughs> I can see I'm actually getting my veins and everything back too. I, and you know, it's it, so the protein's helping, but just the recovery and my joints not hurting, I can work out harder. Dude, it's been awesome. Bub's Naturals is tremendous. I, it's been a lifesaver for me, it really has. And I'm so glad that I'm glad they found us, I, I, I think. Or did you find them? Whoever happened, I'm glad the relationship came about, not just because of the sponsorship and because we do, but because of the product. It's 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 been a life changer for me, man. Yeah, that, they're great. And also people have asked before on posts um, what the apple cider vinegar gummies are for. That's really for appetite control. It's also for body cleansing. But yeah, it's good for your gut. Um, and you can read more about their products on the site, which is bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE and you're going to get 20% off. Um, you know, they have a subscription service. And I know with that, it's different with the promo code. But if you're just doing a single order, type in BATTLELINE yeah. or use the link in the uh, description and you're going to get 20% off on that. You're going to love it. And you probably will want to subscribe after that. Uh, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact. That's their trademark in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. 
with the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as FSM.com. Yeah. And uh, Jason Piccolo, we have coming on, has converted to Fort Scott, and he is a big firearms guy, and yeah. he heard about them through us, and I know that's what he shoots with now. Dan, they're the best guys, best ammo by far on the market. Just tremendous. You, you can't go wrong. Best home defense ammo. Best ammo, period. Um, and if you can afford it and, and you shoot it at the range, then take it to the range with you and train with it. Uh, because th- there's just there's there's nothing that comes close to it. And I I swear by that. Um, and they have in their ethics. You've met the craft, the craft family, just it's a tremendous it. family that runs the runs uh, Fort Scott Munitions. So their integrity makes it a no brainer to for me to use and shop and buy stuff in Fort Scott Munitions. Just a great company. Absolutely. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. They even have Photonist Defense Night Vision yeah. on there, so check them out. Yep. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. With that, getting over to our good friend for the third time on the show, Dr. Jason Piccolo. Dr. J. Joining us back on the podcast, actually the third time Jason's been on, Dr. Jason Piccolo, Army veteran, Border Patrol agent. You're the amount of things you do, honestly, it's overwhelming. I mean, because host of the Protectors podcast, yeah, author yeah. of Unwavering, a Border Agent's Journey, as well as Out of the Shadows, a government whistleblower's firsthand account of how the protection of migrant children became a political firestorm. And spent the night at the Clown Motel. That wow. is, yes, that that is too. huge. <laughs> and and I'll throw out if you're a, if you're a viewer of Court TV, you regular yeah. regularly see Jason on Court TV. So that's you you are like a jack of many trades, man. I have to say. Yeah, but look at it this way: I joined the army in '93, and I retire in 2023. So that's like 30 years, man. So yeah. you've got your time. I got the time, man, but you got you. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you, man. Good to have you on. Those are some sweet. I don't know if people can see if you're watching the YouTube channel or those. What you got on the side there? Those look like some sweet. Is one a hammer fired? Oh, yeah. I got fired rifle. That's my lever actions. That's your lever actions, right? Okay, let's see if we got here. Let's let's go from the bottom. We got the um, the Henry. Thank you, Henry. 44 Magnum. That is awesome. Old ass Marlin. 35 wow. Remington. So what I took that is I actually put a bunch of Ranger Point Precision stuff on it. Okay. The yeah. 35 Remington, man, that's a hell of a round. And then if you scroll to the top. That's cool. There, that's cool. There is a Winchester commemorative 94 3030. So, so it's a replica. It's, it's, it's commemorative. It's replica. It's not the. Oh, fires. Yeah. I actually shot that thing, man. Oh, dude. That's it's sweet. a uh, 1972 Lone Star commemorative. That's sweet, dude. No, those are I love lever fire guns. They're just they're so nice, and those are that's all still the real wood, right? It's not fake wood. It looks real to me, doesn't it? When you get real, and I just dropped my pen here. The man, real wood on rifles just it makes the the it makes it feel warm, doesn't it? You grab it and it makes it feel intimate, like like you want to make love to that piece of piece of, that, that you want to make love to that piece of wood i was going to say wow that would you know what I, I think i finally i finally met someone who thinks about guns and firearms the same way i do and i also do have another winchester 94 44 mag but when i look at them i they're just there's something about it there's something about a firearm that is just it's like art 
Now I just took this. Now this is a P365. Hey, what, look at, and I'm not a big, so I'm not a proponent of, I don't really care for SIGs. I'll be honest with okay, you, okay. but it does fit comfortably, dude. It yeah. is one of the most concealed, easily concealed guns. It, it but it, the, the, if you got to get a different trigger and at the stock trigger, when you start getting your hands yeah. all sweaty, it sucks. Terrible. This is, but Terrible. you might want to think about this too, is I put a Wilson combat yeah. module on it. That's what I was And thinking. then I threw a new, uh, today I put a mag, um, new extended mag release on it. That's uh, oh, and, you'll you, love it, man. Yeah, great guns. I, yeah, I want to put guns, a, Wilson, a Wilson combat trigger in there too, either a single yeah. or a three gun trigger. Well, check out like, um, yeah, check yeah. out gray guns too for the trigger. Okay, deal. My my three, not my three gun, but my uh, USPSA gun is a Wolf or PDP, and I just nice. put a new trigger on that with carry optics. Nice. So I love those guns, man. Those Wolfers. Uh, they are there and they've been around for, you know, it's another company that's been, yeah. been good forever and getting into the gun. I know again, sorry, we're getting into the gun porn. No, stuff this here. is we're great, still, man. Why not? Still, People still love, love, I mean, love I, guns. I do always write the description for the show as we talk to this, the, uh, military community and second amendment community. And Jason go. is, is of both. What, yeah. what, what I love about guns is going back to the guns again. I just want to clear that out. Do, mm-hmm. do our public service announcement before we continue on with our gun talk here, our gun porn. The new stuff, you know, I've got a bunch. Yeah, I, I do. I have a bunch of guns. The, I have a bunch of SBRs, PDWs, or PDXs if they're maximum defense, of course. And uh, but still, the old lever action with the wood. You just, mm-hmm. I, I love my new cool guns. I love all the gadgets on them. I loved what I carried in the military. But when you look at those, it's just, it's just, a, it's like having a Mona Lisa on it. Is it really it is. is? It's beautiful. And the the way they shoot now, so. My nine, my Winchester 94, first one I've had, 44 Magnum, has a large loop on it, like the old rifleman. Yeah. But I I love the gun. But when I shoot this in a Marlin, great gun, 35 Remington, but this new Henry 44 Magnum is so damn smooth and easy and just, I, I love it, man. I awesome. love it. Well, we'll but be- I am going to, I am going to mod it out though. I'm going to keep the wood back stock area. I love the wood. Yeah. Gotcha. But I'm actually in the front. I'm doing a range of point precision is going to help me out. And we're going to put it's almost like an AR type stock, but it feels really good. It actually it feels like a really good grip in there. But you could put like a side saddle on there so you keep like five or six 44 mag rounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's badass, man. I mean, I, I just started really getting back into shotguns lately. So, but with the lever action and shotguns, and believe me, I love my ARs. But there's just something about lever actions and shotguns, man. I just love it. <laughs> I love it. It's just cool because you're back. You're a termin- You're the Terminator, dude. You're Reese mm-hmm. fighting the Terminator with that lever. You got action. him, man. <laughs> action shotgun. I, They're awesome. They're I, that's all. I, that's sexy. all I really need is a lever action shotgun, and I'm good to go, man. All right, we'll we'll have to have you back on when you have one of those ready to yeah. good to go. I'm like keep looking around because I've got three of my guns and cases back here, but I, I know we've got to do the show. I want to I want to go start showing them off, but oh, we've got sh- more to talk to them. Look at that! Oh, there we go. Hey, what is that? Is that a full on suppressor or is it just a cop? Just a cop? No, it's a full on. This is a, a Nomad thirty. Nomad, and this is yeah. a three hundred blackout. I love my 300 blackouts. And I, with you. you know what I started getting into is building. So this is a third one I built from Aero Precision Parts. And I'm using Rise Armament triggers and Swamp Fox optics for the top. And then I put the side 
but I love 300 Blackout, oh, man. Dude, I'm with you. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, go for it. I, and by the way, if you guys are listening on uh, on yeah. Apple Podcasts, yeah. if you're listening on All Spotify, right. then you guys right are missing now. out. So. I, I want to urge people to go to YouTube so that you could actually see, see the oh, visual of this. This but, is definitely uh-huh. a more visual episode. <laughs> this is, oh, oh, yeah, dude. This, this look is at my, that. Now, this this is like, I, you know, this was actually the last generation of the Tonto toolboxes that Mac, yeah. when I was with Maxim Defense, but dude, the savvy, I do love these savvy slings. I'm just oh, curious yeah. now, Chris, because I, I didn't even know. Are you no longer with them or? I'm not. I've more moved over to Spikes Tactical. Okay. Uh, gotcha. So more, I'm not saying we, because that's still a Mac, you know, Maxim braces, I still think are fantastic for little guns. But Spikes, yeah, I I, I should have done that a long time ago. Spikes is Tactical's an awesome company. Cole Lilu over there is amazing. And Spike, of course, is amazing. Uh, killing me. Now I'm going to have to go over there. You know, yeah, I got to go spend money with go spend money with Cole. They need your money too over there, but man. dude, you got to get them to uh, become got, a sponsor so on the show. Explain that. Explain that awesome SBR for me. Well, this, this actually is just a, well, it's officially since we've got the pistol brace on. It, oh, okay. P, okay. It's a PDW, but um, I work with lucid optics too. And they got this thing, mm-hmm. this, it's just that M7, and I took it out. Oh, he, I, I, I talked to Jason over there at uh, at Lucid, and and he gave it to me uh, to go try. And I try, dude, the thing is spot on. Oh, I, I love and, it. I, and it being small, usually I have issues with those small optics. I the yeah. aim points, I wasn't a fan of the smaller aim points. This one, the glass, I don't know what it is, but the glass is, is huge. And and then also the backup sights, the spikes backup sights. Oh, I like those. Now, yeah, are they like the co-witness backup sights? They co-witness. You actually can co-witness oh, with that. That is okay. awesome. So uh Lucid Jason over there is starting to make them and that you can co-witness all your all your red dots with your with your with your iron sights. And the back of what I love about the spikes ones, dude, is that you don't need a tool for the for the to make your adjustments you they've got the little turn flywheels on both so you can make it adjustments where for those that shoot no if you have a front side post yeah. you have to have that stupid sight post yeah. tool or you jam the crap out of it with your leatherman no it's just a little turn knob here but yeah and and it's a th- again 300 blackout too i'm big 300, uh, blackout. 300 blackout man and then you got guys uh Geisley. i've got a just a Geisley uh a charging handle on there and then I have it ready to go. I just haven't dropped it in a guy's lead three gun trigger. I'm a oh, I, I want to get up right now, but I can't because I have my mic in. But I <laughs> you want to go to that one up time. It's one up time. No, it's not even that. It's like when you mentioned Geisley. So I go and I pick up my um one of the I picked up the I think it was the upper no the lower receiver for the arrow at my gun shop. Okay. Okay. Because like he's like, Do you have an AR? And I'm like, like an AR pistol. Um he's like, We got these Geisleys in. And we have like 16 of them and it's, it's the Geisley heavier, whatever it is. So oh, I super, up buying, super, yeah. super duty. You bought a yeah, super I yes. bought one. Holy crap. I got, that's in that case right there. Those super duties. <laughs> this yes. is going to be an hour of, of yeah. comparing guns. I know. My, my it, only oh, question, Chris, is, is can we get Spikes Tactical to, uh, you know what? We, we will we will talk to spikes about spike to there's they've been around for a long time they still custom make guns ton, they have they have a good name in the gun community which honestly that's hard to do nowadays because there's yeah, people in the gun community that screw over well if, if john Partola was still here he would say the same thing people fucking yeah. each over left and right yeah spike spike still has a ton of integrity over there and one of my old grs buddies and ranger buddies nick golf works with them too so i have a relationship there so 
something uh, maybe hey cole if you're listening buddy because one of their other guys big al that works over there it I, would be awesome man you, yeah you should reach out to him because it's like we have night vision we have uh ammo but we don't have a gun sponsor it would be really cool to have yeah. so you got you, you got to work your magic but i i do want to make sure you get into other major things <laughs> uh, here. hold on before um, we get into major topics <laughs> yeah go for it go i for need it. to come shooting with you guys oh, so let's do it let's set what, it up when where are you at you're you're I'm, tech- in, I'm right outside of dc Oh, dude, that's your, you got to come to where it's friendly. Okay. I you, know, man. All right. Here's the deal, Jason. Whenever we do our, our copper ticket days or our E3 shoots or our Fort Scott days, you just, you're go. always welcome to okay, come. To, come. And honestly, they would, Fort Scott, when they do their big days, they would probably pay for your travel to come down here because I'm ready. But you are, I mean, is like it or not, you are a, a mentor in the gun community, whether you want to be one or not, <laughs> you are. And and you have a following, and man, I, I guarantee I you, that, shooting, yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna see whether you like it or not. You're an you're an. I was gonna call. I don't think anyone minds being called a mentor. I, I hate being called an influencer. <laughs> it's better out. than calling influencer. If anybody ever, like I, well, that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother yeah. show. Well, see, it would be it would be great to have you out there though, because I got to go out and and look. I'm way more amateur than you guys on the firearm stuff, oh, but I had stop. a great time. I, no, I am, but I, I no, learned but I'll, some things. I'll tell you about something about being an amateur here in a second. Let okay. me, let me, well, let's, let's move on to some other things. No, hold on. I get, this is two minutes, and I got extra time tonight. I got extra time. For this is true, guys. yeah. My son can wait for oh, no. practice. Hey, check it out. I, I just started doing the USPSA, the IDPA. I just, I'm waiting to do a three-gun for a match local. I'm doing all the competitions I can. I go there. I, I shoot like shit, It's but I'm learning every time I shoot. Yeah. I'm so used to the, like the law enforcement. I've been law enforcement for 23 years now, almost 23 years in military and everything else. And you have a certain way of shooting. When you get out to these competitions, I'm learning so much, not, so much that I haven't done before about speed and accuracy and speed oh, yeah. and accuracy. Before, to me, it was just get as many rounds in that target. Doesn't matter where, just stop the threat. But now I'm getting out there and I'm having fun. And when I sign up for these things, nine times out of 10, the people are just amateur shooters. And they're civilians. There's nobody yeah. with military backgrounds and stuff. It's just fun, man. So you are going to go do competition. That's it. And you're you're signed up. That's it. You're we, signed up. You're, you're done. done. Jason signed I, up. I don't. I don't think that's happening because Jason's <laughs> never never seen you shoot. But um, with that, I, I do want to get onto what okay. to some other things which I wrote down here on the uh, notes. And okay. the, the first of which, with your podcast, The Protectors, I know you've been launching this whole kind of series within the podcast called becoming the protagonist oh hell yeah uh, and and from what i've watched so far the reels that you post and the things you talk about on the show this is all about yeah. bettering your life and even in your own case bettering your personal own life and going on these ruck marches still and mm-hmm. and doing things to reach goals so I'd, I'd love for you to just get into what becoming the protagonist is yeah man i here's the deal protagonist is the hero it's the main character of a story everybody is the protagonist. You're a protagonist. You're the hero of your story. Now, about a year, six months ago, I, I was really feeling like shit. You know, I didn't want to get off the couch, really down. And I was like, you know what? I'm not a good example for my kids. I'm not a good example really for anybody myself. Had a little health scare and I was like, fuck, man. So I said, you know what? I've got to become the protagonist. I have to become the hero of my story. So I got onto this journey, lost by 40 pounds. I ruck all the time. I just, one day I'll be like, hey, you know what? I, Father's Day, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to just go to breakfast with my kids and do all that, you know, 
have them have just big fat meals. I said, you know, I'm going to, I put on a 55 pound rock, walk down my front door and walk right to the Lincoln Memorial. No food, no nothing, just broad enough to hydrate 13 miles. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be an example for my kids. The other day I did the 12 hour walk. I read a book. I said, Hey, you know what? The guy does 12 hour walk, no social media, no nothing. Next up is I'm going to do a Murph. I can't do pull-ups. I'll modify a Murph, <laughs> but and then I'm doing a hundred mile century bike ride. I'm going to be doing a bunch of different things, but it came to a point where I'm like, I want to talk to people that aren't just military or law enforcement, just every day, just people that want to become protagonists or who are protagonists. And I came up with another philosophy too, is you have the alpha males. And I think we're just kind of talking about these influencer types and all this shit. They're always like pumping out their chest and look at me. I'm the sheepdog, the lion, the wolf, the whatever. Listen, I've been around the block. I know a lot, nine times out of 10, it's just bullshit. You have these alpha types out there. And then you have the betas who are like, you're blowing them wrong way. And they're, they fall down. I want there to be more people who are like Charlie's. They're sitting in the back. They're protectors. They're protagonists. They're the ones who could stand up, protect their family, protect their home, protect themselves when shit hits the fan. Does that have to mean that everybody has to know how to shoot a gun? No. No. But it doesn't mean that you know how to provide for your family, provide for yourself. You don't need to be out there in the front, the influencer, the blah, blah, blah. And that's why I'll have 6,000 people follow me, which is still a lot of people. But I'm not having the multiple hundreds of thousands because I'm not going to go out there and sell my soul to be a fake alpha. Yeah. So my thing is be a protagonist, be a Charlie, get out there, do it. You amateur, you're going to go start a competition. Say, Hey, you know what? I shoot like shit right now. Six months from now, I'm going to do a competition, set a goal. Why not? You're going to shot you. You're in the gun community. You are now, you are a gun influencer, or I should I say mentor in a way. <laughs> I like so, mentor better. I, I yeah. always say that. I don't like, the and, I'm saying, and I'm saying influence. that for Ian. I'm like, Ian, get your, no, I mean, if I'm being, cause if I'm being entirely honest with you, it's oh, just, and Chris knows this firearms are not like a huge part of my life. The, um, the podcast, I mean, is very firearms oriented, of course. And that's because of Chris. Um, I think we're both advocates for the second amendment, but I, I do believe in setting goals in your own life. I mean, even things that we're speaking about, before we recorded, um, I possibly will go back to school. I have other possible things on the horizon. And I know Chris has his own goals too, but it seems, um, it seems similar to, I remember there was that speech that went all over of Joe Rogan, become the hero of your own movie. And, and how he said, everybody loves a great success story, but what they even, they love even more is a guy who fucks his whole life up story and then picks himself back up. And I agree. I think those are the best those are all the books that we read. I mean, even Chris's book, those are the movies we watch. I think, I think those are the people we like, as opposed to the person who did every single thing right and became a success. I think people like the, the, the individuals with some humility who could say, man, I really fucked up at this point in my life, but I got back up and here's how. And I think you're, you're doing the same thing with your podcast and with this like particular series. Yeah, man. I, you know, I'm trying. And the, the best thing I could do is just have conversations like this. You should have the difficult conversations. Look, I was a, a fat ass. I mean, I could barely move. And I think that'll probably kind of get into a little thing we're going to talk about later on about the PAC Act and stuff like that. I've had a lot of limitations, but I kept thinking there were limitations. So when we, when we get in to talk about toxic exposure and stuff like that, I think we'll understand that 
you could still survive. You could still thrive and still get out there. Just may have to modify some things. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and I think, I think you're right, Jason. If, when, if Ian does one, whether he finishes or not, one of those little, <laughs> one of those little drills, that the, the competition, he's going to have a black, he's going to want to be like, man, that was fucking fun. <laughs> Cause it is, it is, they are fun. I mean, and, but um, yeah, I, I, but I agree with you too. Is he, and it's not really in an area that he can go just, or are you? Can no, you I'm, shoot I'm in literally the least gun-friendly state in America. Yeah, you are, so it's it's difficult to do. But I do agree with Jason that once you do it once, Ian, you'll be like, that was fun. May not do it ever again, but I, I know I'll let you do it once. Like, yeah, that was good. No, that was, I mean, uh, did I think I've asked you, have you ever done a marathon or half marathon, Tonto? Me? Me, half, yeah. I've done half marathon, 10 milers. I used to run 10 milers competitively too. Because I did a half one time and I'll always be proud that I did it. I have the medal somewhere, but I remember after doing it saying, that was great. I don't think I ever need to do that again. Yeah, I, I used and, to do. And I can't run like I used to because I've put on more mass. I've put on more muscle. And when you do that, you definitely compromise your cardio a little bit. I think you're either building muscle, building size, or you're kind of on the smaller end and your cardio is up. I mean, they're, they're kind of two different goals with the short twitch mu- muscle fibers and the long twitch muscle fibers. You're working out a totally different oh, yeah. system oh, in, yeah. in your body. Um, but I know what you mean. I think certain things you're like, I love this. This is an everyday thing. And then other things, it's like, cool, I accomplished this. I'm going to move on to something else now. Well, that, that's where, Jason, you're talking to, buddy. I I I, I I think there there was that time and it, it was when 13 hours hit too. It was it was good for us out quote alpha males for little survivor for America's you know because but I I think it 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 sort of compromised our ability to to relate or people to relate with 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 who they would claim as oh you're a war hero and I'm no hero I've grown above our heroes but you get what I'm get what I'm saying because and why I'm saying that is because a lot of the speeches that I were doing at that time to corporate corporate America was they loved the story but they couldn't relate because they all thought yeah. there was some special gene that a seal or a ranger that. And that's when I wrote the range away though, too. So I was kind of teaching them like, guys, th- there isn't, here's a story of us. Most of us are probably bigger fuck-ups than any of you ever met. We fail after fail after fail. There is no gene at all. It's just, first of all, having a focus, you know, having a goal, which the military kind of forces you to have at the time, especially if, but if you're going to special operations community, you have that goal to become a seal or whatever you arrange or whatever. But once we get out, um, being able to refocus again, like you're saying, and have that goal and being able like you're doing now, showing everyone and talking to them like, Hey, dude, I, there is no gene. I just wanted to get better. So I got better. I am the protagonist of my life. You can do the same thing. You know, there's nothing that you're born with that says that you can't continue to get better and get stronger and so forth. And so I think you're doing it in a very, very positive way. It's, it's excellent. And it's a way to, get to more people out there that still believe that they can't do things because they didn't have a, I don't know, they didn't have a background to, to be that strong. And, and that's, that's the complete, that's complete recalculousness as my old 82nd airborne ranger buddy would say he was, is a complete sheer recalculousness. It's just that you just want, have to want to get better, which is what you did uh, from what I'm seeing. And, uh, unless you're one of your children said, dad, you're getting fat. And then you did it after that. My kids have done that to me before. Like, Jeez, oh, dad, yeah. you're looking like you're getting a little, I can't, you're getting a little fat over there, dad. I get shamed well, at the house. It's all right. I tell you, it's not a big deal, but it happens. 
I do want to say though, I don't want to offend the alphas out there. Cause it's, it's a, I think alpha is different than when like you and I were younger, you know, like special ops and all that. That's a different type of, but alpha. you, you can offend the current alphas all you fucking want. Yeah. Cause they aren't no kid. I wear this. Sh- Actually, that's why I wear this shirt. I, this is a parody. <laughs> this is, there is a toxic masculine, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a male responsibility that the alphas of this day and age don't have, which we actually, from our generation, who we looked up to, I believe those alphas did have that responsibility because they had courteous. They had, they taught us sirs and maps. They -hmm. taught us that don't, don't, once you fall down, pick yourself back up. They taught you, don't talk back to your mom. Hold your, you know, they taught you, hold your dope for, for your mom, hold your dope for your date, hold the dope for, they, they taught respect. So I, I know I cut you off there, but I, no, I, no, I, you're perfectly fine on this show and I'll back you. And if anybody wants to throw down, I know I'm old, but I'll still bring a lunch. I, I'll, I'll back you on that alpha male. Cause I, I completely agree with you, dude. Totally agree with you on that. You no. can bad mouth them all you want. Cause they aren't the alpha males we grew up with. They're, they're the, the showers, you know, yeah. you show or grower, you know, but now, Hey, uh, <laughs> one thing I always do is like, I do post a lot of stuff and uh, about this I hate that word journey, but this journey I'm on and I always, I always end it almost always. I'm like, it doesn't have to be pretty and it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to move. Yeah. And if you can't move, cause some people, Hey, you know what? You can't move yet. But if you change the fuel going in your body and you start thinking about food as something other than just pleasure, cause you know, my mom, I grew up in an Italian family. And it's like, you got to You got to clean the plates. You got to eat everything and blah, blah, blah. And food became, it's almost like, you know, Hey, you know, I feel like shit. I'm going to go eat something sweet. I'm going to do this and that. But when you start thinking about food as like fuel and like, Hey, if I eat the good fuel, I can go farther. I could do more. I I love it, man. One one of my best uh, platoon sergeants. That's what he said. Food's just fuel. Go eat, man. When I was a young private as a ranger, just go eat something. Cause you need that energy. Doesn't he didn't care what it is. And at that time too, I was burning 8 million calories a day. So I could, but that was the whole issue with, with the old thought with me as food is, is I love food. It tastes good. I love chocolate. I love pizza, yeah. but it's for, so I can go still go run and work out. It's, it's fuel. It definitely is. That's mm-hmm. a good. Yeah. And, and you do feel the difference uh, in your diet once you start working out. And, and I think that bad food becomes like more and more toxic to your body, which except you know, chocolate, to... except dark chocolate. Dark <laughs> yeah, chocolate never is toxic. Yeah. I don't think never... dark chocolate is really junk food, but I was gonna say toxic, the you know, with the toxic masculinity shirt. But I yeah, I do want to make sure that we get into the burn pit bill because yeah, yeah. it's it's been pretty uh it's just watching this the past few weeks. And when you were actually saying the thing about how special operators are just regular people, I, I did watch all the stuff that John Stewart said. And, you know, I know he's on one side of, of how this should have been passed and there's the other side, but I definitely do agree with when he was out there saying, uh, and you guys probably saw it. He was like, these are not heroes. It's supermen. He was like, these are regular men and women and they are dealing with major health issues. And basically this shit needs to get passed. These people need to be cared for. And I know that there's been a back and forth in terms of like pork in the bill, but I do agree, especially with the statement that he made that in this country, we always seem to have the money to fund the war machine, but we never have the money to fund the veterans who need the help coming back. I hear you, brother. And that's the thing about being in D.C. and being close to the flagpole and being in the Fed for so long is you kind of see the behind the behind the doors of what's going on, although policymakers and rhetoric and all that. But coming from a personal standpoint, 
Now I was an IR guy that got recalled. So got recalled, went to Kuwait for a couple months. And then I went up to uh, Iraq and I was Balad. I was attached to CJ Sodaf. And in Balad was like one of the biggest burn pits ever. So when I get off my shift tonight, I'd run a lot. I'd be outside a lot. And you just smell the shit all day long, everywhere. I mean, it's in your lungs. It's everywhere. You don't really think anything too much about it. I get back from the war and I'm like, huh, this is weird. I never had allergies before ever in my life. And then all of a sudden mucus all day long season. It's looks like it feels like seasonal allergies and doctors call it seasonal allergies, but it's all the time. My lungs feels like fluid in there. So I said, Hey, you know what? I, uh, later on, I put in for the burn pit registry and said, Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to go get checked out. <clears throat> I file a claim with the VA. The VA denies it. So I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, um, Good luck trying to fight with them. So years later, years later, um, I start finding out about like rhinitis and all that. So I got this issues with my sinuses. That's the other reason I ruck a lot and I don't run is because when I, I get to a certain point where I get lung exhaustion, it's, it's horrible, man. That's why you'll see me doing that low, like long walks and everything. And not just like the, the super fast, like, <gasps> I mean, maybe we'll see what happens later on, but, oh man, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no. so I, about right before I started this health thing, I, I had a um, CT scan and they scan, that's where they scan your whole body and everything. So they, they look through and my heart looks great. Yeah. But then they go, you know, on your lungs, you have nodes. So I have these nodes and the first, it was like, first they're like, Hey, you know what? You have glassy opaque surface or something. I think that's what the word is. And what that means is like, there looks like there's shit on my lungs. They look at it again and they found these little, like, um, I don't know. It was like six, five or six millimeter nodes on my lungs. And I'm like, I don't have any history of this shit in my family, nothing. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I'm like this whole time. I mean, like all this shit going on my lungs, my sinuses and everything. And I'm like, nobody in my family ever had this. The VA denies the claims. And now I'm still pending because I, I reopened the case. I'm like, hopefully with this PAC Act, normal people, normal, non, just normal Joes can get help. Because I remember driving past that damn burn pit and they had a guard booth right next to the damn thing that was all day long. And they gave them, they're like, oh, you know what? You could always use your mask. Can you imagine being like an NBC year the whole time? The whole time, especially, Come on. Yeah, especially during the summer, summer and well, especially during the every month except maybe January and February. Because yeah. <laughs> it's hotter. Yeah. The what did you think? And, and this was or pissed me off a little bit. Not that it not that you know it's it's being taken care of now, but do you ever think though, and I that they could ever just be a clean bill though. Just something clear. Cause that's what pissed me off on there is that there wouldn't have been no issue if they wouldn't have I, there. I mean, there, it got passed. It did get, but from what I understand, it got passed today yeah. or yesterday, mm -hmm. but why as, and I'm, and this is a rhetorical, or this is an open-ended question. You can answer it if you want, brother. Why the hell did you have to throw all that extra bullshit in there? Even though I know that's what you do in DC. When is that going to stop? Because that it's wasn't necessary. Cause that's what, that's what stops a lot of stuff that could do good things, but it's always like, God, there's just some, you politicians, you can't ever do something good and just leave it there. It's got, there's gotta be an ulterior motive 
to make sure it goes. It's like, I got to get mine. If I get you get yours. It's, it's like bullshit. You want to help veterans? Don't Democrats don't act like you want to help veterans when you add this. Yes, you want to maybe kind of help if you get this. Well, help. that's not how it should work. It's not tip for Shouldn't. chat, but but that's how it works in DC. And you can you can oh talk on God. that more than I can. Hey, so, listen, I one thing I can say about DC is we need term limits and whatever yeah. six, eight years term limits. Yeah. You can't have someone in that's been in government their whole life. Listen, I've been in government over uh, almost half my life, uh, 20 through 20, I'm 49. Don't make me do math. Okay. I was infantry. <laughs> mm. But no, think about it this way. I've been around so many people who have never worked a case in their life who are now running agencies. If these are the same type of people in the, everywhere in the government. And you know what, I, at this point, uh, whatever, <laughs> you know, you know, someone else who said that, but at this point it does matter. It does because these same fucking people, have gone up the chains of command. They're ingrained in the government as senior executive services or GS-15 is about to be an SES. It's the same way with these politicians. There, there's always some motive about it. And a lot of people don't realize when the government shifts from one party to the next, so does all of these federal agencies. All of the senior positions are influxed with people of the same party. So that's why you see all these different policy changes when it comes to enforcement and everything else. Nothing gets done ever with this, with the way this system is set up right now, because there is just too many people who have been in place for so long. Why do all these things, these policies or these laws, why do they have to be 1500 pages? Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, I always told people before with immigration, because that was like kind of my forte back in the day was, look, you want a comprehensive immigration reform? Here's what you do. You don't make it comprehensive. You break it apart by piece by piece by piece. You pass part of it. You pass part of it. You pass part of it. Nothing should be over 1,500 pages. Come on. I, I've always agreed with that. And actually, just as someone, as an outside observer, when it comes to the immigration debate, Whenever I would especially watch during the presidential debates and they would talk about amnesty and what are we going to do with the people inside this country, my feeling, and, and I don't know if you can get into this, but like I said, just as an outside observer, was always, why are we even talking about this issue? Because it incentivizes people to come here illegally if we say we're going to give everybody here health care. There's no record if, in terms of how long you've been here. So I've always felt like, why not get the border secured first? And then we could worry about that problem later, the people who are already here. Let's not even talk about it. Let's get the border secure and the people already here, whether we're going to deport them, whether we're going to make them citizens, that should be the next step, I would think. Well, let's, let's shift that right over to the PACT Act. Let's fix the veterans. And oh, by the way, it's not just veterans. How many people were contractors? How many people were DOD oh, yeah. civilians? How many people were federal <clears throat> civilians? They don't have to be DOD. Yeah. How many civilians over there were affected by burn pits and toxic exposure. It's not just the veteran. They always, you know, it's the same thing with 9-11. The 9-11 responders who went there, the, the volunteers and everybody else who were in that muck and shit that caused the cancer, it's them. Now, a lot of people that don't understand burn pits, here's what here's a deal. Yeah. You could wear a, a filter mask, you could wear a, anything you want over your face, a bandana, anything. You're talking about particulate matter. And what happens is this is different finite matter. When you have a burn pit, it's, it's exactly what that is. You're burning refuse. You're burning medical waste. You're burning anything. Uh, for instance, in Balad, if a Humvee or anything got blown up, they would throw shit in there. The hospital, one of the biggest hospitals in the country was right there. 
all of the waste, all of the anything gets thrown in a pit. Bio, yeah. Batteries, anything, chemicals, anything you want, plastics through gets thrown in a pit and it gets burned 24 hours, 24-7-365. Uh, and oh, by the way, this burn pits are probably three or four football fields big all day, every day in this particulate matter, this stuff that comes up with all this shit comes in the air, goes into your lungs and gets embedded into your lungs. Now, when I got my x-ray and it says you have a glassy opaque something, I, I'll get the medical terms for you later on. I'm, like I said before, I'm a doctor, but not a medical doctor, but that's the shit that at first I was like, oh, there's glass in my lungs, but no, what it is, it's just stuff embedded in there. And I'm like, how many people have this right now that don't even know it? Not everybody had a CT scan or an MRI. What, what the, what's the one where you lay down and they scan? Is it MRI or that's, CT? That's, the CT scan I thought was just your brain. MRI yeah. is. I yeah, it was an entire, MRI. Entire yeah, they did the whole yeah. thing. No, yes. I don't think CT scan is just your brain. Is I've it the whole done, thing? I've done a CT scan. Oh, the comments are going to go crazy. Like, yeah, but nice. that's good. Yeah. That's, that means you're getting interaction. <laughs> yeah, we're getting it. We, 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 we like trolls on Battleline Podcast. Come on, bring it on. I, yeah, I could Google. I'll, I'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and I remember we. we I was. You know, I'll just see was, real quick. So, so yeah. a CT scan is a diagnostic imaging procedure that uses a combination of X-rays and computer technology uh, to produce images of inside the body. So it's anywhere so is MRI in the body. like MRI is like an ultrasound then ultrasound. And that's an MRI is mag magnetic resonance imaging, a non-invasive medical imaging test that produces detailed images of almost every internal structure in the human body. So from what I'm getting yeah. here, an MRI is a lot more um, in depth, which makes sense because I've had both done. And the MRI is where you go through that, um, like that donut, you know, and, yeah, that's and, right. it's, and it takes longer and it's a little bit more claustrophobic. And they put the crap in your, your, um, what is it? The, uh, the infusia. So it can get a, a look at all your veins. Look at all your veins. I, the, the, but looking like, at it this way too, is like when you're, when you're a contractor, <clears throat> let's say you go to Libya or anywhere and all the shit burning all day, munitions and everything else. When you move in a different environments, your body just absorbs the shit, man. And then it takes years to progress. Well, it, Agent it, Orange, it, it does. You know? No, it, it does. I, I, and yeah, I'm, I'm on flunosolide and, for the rest of my, I, 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 and luckily the army did pick it up. The arm, the, the military flown it like prescription grade flown. Cause I came back from Iraq in 04 and I, I kept getting bad headaches, nosebleeds and, and, um, and I, and that was even from burn pits. That was just running and being out in that just, just the normal pollution, just how <laughs> bad it is. And then Kabul didn't help because of all the open sewers. Mm -hmm. And then, and then Kandahar, we did have the burn pits right there. So, and like I said, I'm, that is one thing that I have like prescription brigade flonase every day for the rest of my life. So I can breathe. Um, I don't know if I have anything on my lungs. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I still run a lot. I still always hacking up a lot of shit, but I just figure, well, I'm a runner. That's what we do. But the bottom line is that it, it, it is, it's something that, that should have been addressed a long time ago. I just it, it, on going the other direction it just needs to be taken care of on its own it doesn't yeah. need all the other bullshit that's behind it and it doesn't need to be used for some political ploy you're going to no. take care of us and take care of us and be be uh, be humble about it but that you're, that's never going to happen i know that's never going to happen that's that's like it, it's just it's not but that's how it needs to be done but i want to at least it passed at least it has passed i mean i will on the positive spin of things but my, my viewpoint on this shit getting passed is this. I should be able to look on a screen 
and know exactly what a PACT Act is, besides just what the acronym is. I should know exactly what's in the bill within two minutes. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and I right. should, as a layman, I should be understand it. As a taxpayer, I should yeah. understand it. And as a veteran suffering from this bullshit, I should definitely be able to understand it. And, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I, and I, I did, honestly, Ian, I, I did read as much as I could before the show. <laughs> and I, I was happy it was passed. I am. I'm as, as a veteran, I am. But to say that I'm not worried about the other stuff that's in it for my kids. If you're a, if you're a father and you're a veteran that was as a good father that loves his children, I worry about the extra that's on there. Yeah. All that extra $400 billion is not, it's not just chump change and we're already in debt up to the ass. So as a selfish person, great. It, it passed. <laughs> but, but as a person that has a family, it's like, God, what am I, again, I know we've said it and we've said it before. What am I passing on to my, at what expense did this, ha- is this going to take a toll on, on things? I hope it doesn't, but it could. And so yay for me, not so yay for my kids. That's how yeah, I saw But it's also like these, these amounts of money, 400 billion, it's completely unfathomable. I, I can't even imagine yeah. like what that is. <laughs> we're, and, and, we're, and the fact is, it's like, this isn't like a one-time thing that I we're know. spending hundreds of billions. I know we're, we've spent hundreds of billions in Ukraine and they've mm-hmm. said it's completely unlimited how much we're going to spend. And then on top of that, we have all the pandemic spending, spending all the basically unintended uh, losses in terms of shutting down businesses. Yeah. So this is, if I had to guess, this is probably like a drop in the bucket, but at the same time, man, like, yeah, when you calculate all of this, it's, I can't comprehend what it means, what hundreds of billions of dollars really means. And, what, and Jason, yeah, what, what's your view on it? Just as not just from a personal standpoint that, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get, and that's great. And I, I get disability. I, I I'm very happy. I do. I feel it's deserved, but you know, I also feel that, man, I, at what cost are we getting this past? No, I, I am with you. I, my focus since I've been in the fed for so long, has changed from when I was in the beginning. In the beginning, we'd be like, oh, we're going to get new gear. We get a clothing allowance. We get this, we get that. As I started paying a shit ton of taxes for everything, I go to myself, I'm like, where is this tax money going? And I'm, I'm very hawkish now when it comes to that stuff. I'm like, look, we need limited government. I absolutely. Hey, I, when people say, hey, I'm going on travel, why are you going on travel? What can it be done on a Zoom meeting? Do you need to go to another country? Do you need to go to another state? Can this be done locally? Because think about how many, and we're talking about Carlson Wagonlet type travel here. You know what I mean? For yeah, I everybody in a, that's been in the military understands yeah. that when you're buying a ticket home in the government or like in the military, you're paying for a $50 ticket on Spirit Air is $2,000. Yeah. But think about federal travel alone. Think about government vehicles. When I was working at the headquarters over at ICE, every senior manager, every SES had a take-home car. They're like, well, we got to respond. I'm like, do you have a phone? Are you really going to respond like 911? If you need to go to a skiff, can't you just find that extra five minutes is going to take you? You're not going to run code to get to a skiff. You could drive your POV and do a local voucher. It's the same, but this is all, that's the micro level. 
Now take all these micro level type activities like government vehicles and this and that and everything. By the way, we're going to go green. So now if you get a government vehicle, maybe we'll put an electric charging station in your house. I don't know if that's happening, but can you imagine? But think about how many billions of dollars we spend on bullshit. Yeah. And then, you know, with this, with this passage of the PACT Act, what is, how much of that is going to go directly to the vet and caregivers and caregivers, because that's the other thing. And how much is going to go to some pact type activity? So let's say you have a pact. Everybody has a pact. That's a, what's that? The political action committee. Political action committee. Yep. yep. Yeah. Or have, everybody has something. And when we're talking about pork, that's where this money goes. It goes out to different organizations, different things, different projects and states. Yeah, it usually goes to like different bridges, different, yeah, you know, different everybody this, has different these that. projects they want to work on so they can go back to their congressional and district and to, say, yeah. I built this bridge. I got this done, you know. So I don't know, man. It's gonna four hundred billion dollars. It's all this other billions of dollars too that I'm worried about. It's the the war machine is now like. Can you imagine the war machine is up and running again? You don't think that Nancy Pelosi flying over to Taiwan and Taiwan doing this or that and everything didn't influx another fifty or sixty billion million dollars or billion or whatever. I'll go with million into our own personal war machine going, oh, we better plan for that contingency. Get a contract, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know where this money's coming from. I, so I, the veteran talking about the pissing of the bill, we're getting kind of full circle here. I do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it got passed, but as far as me being happy about it, for me, the jury, the jury's still out. I, I don't know. I, I, ask me next year. When, when things start to happen that were part of that bill that may be nefarious, they'll start hopefully, and they probably will, they always do start rearing their ugly heads. Um, but, you know, if, if it goes without, and, and you're right, if most of the money goes to the veterans, outstanding. But you and I both know, I would, I, this is my, I always say this, I'll bet you dollars to donuts that it's not. But I, I, I want to be pleasantly surprised, but I just I don't think it's going to. But it, it for but for right now, I'm glad it got passed. But let's see what happens down the line. And because guys deserve it. And there are guys like yourself that are suffering. And I may have it. I may not. I don't care. My phenocylide, I can breathe. I can still go run my ass off. Yeah, I hack up more phlegm. I'm getting older, too. But, you know, I, that being said, um, no, guys deserve it and they deserve it. They deserve to be compensated and taken care of. And I always yeah. believe that for anything burn pits or losing a leg or anything yeah well, well jason other- keep, keep us updated let, let us know how no, this will. ends up affecting you and impacting you i don't know if you had something else to say because i you know i, I know we're, we're going to wrap things up uh and, no, and me, i did want to ask I you do what your, say something that was like sure go for it go for it yeah don't wait like chris and i are probably about the same age a little bit yeah. older than normal but the thing is too is like when we first get into the service or you first start serving or or even if you're young and you just kind of, you have this idealistic blinders on, you know, you think that things are, people are doing the right thing for the yeah. right reasons. <laughs> and you may look at something like the PAC Act and be like, yeah, it's the right thing. There, no, who, no government, nobody, no politician or anything would ever do the wrong thing. If you're on the right, you're on the left or whatever. You believe in that politician or anything. Don't wait till you're in your late forties or fifties or sixties or late thirties or whatever Take those blinders off and start making your own informed decisions, your own, do your research. And this money you're paying, if you have a job, 
or if you go to the store and buy a pack of gum, you're paying taxes. Those taxes are going to fund all of this stuff. Everything yeah. the government does is being funded by you. It's not just some miraculous. We can't just print the money because even if you print the money, that money's coming from us. Well, that, that's why I, we're in the position that we're in in, in yeah, terms and of I'm, inflation, in terms of everything. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm very, very protective of my children and I am very concerned you know, and believe me, I've thought about running for office and I thought about this and I thought about that, but I'm like, you know what? I just don't know if I have it in me to play those games. Dude, you, you would, you would, you come across in a house committee, something, and somebody would say something smarter. They do a walk. What do they, they do? A stand in or a shut in or a quiet, what do they call it? Uh, yeah. You'd come across, you'd jack somebody up in the, maybe that's what we need. Maybe I we mean, need more, more fist fights in the, in the house. Maybe if somebody got, I don't know if I can hold back. Once, it, I don't know. I don't know. That, I mean, that's, that's how it is in, in Britain. And, in and Britain, I don't think it's worked out very well. I don't know. We'd never try it though. I, maybe people I'll be like, what, jack what, somebody up I could see me get elected or something. People are like, what's Jason training for? And he's like, he's training for the floor, man. <laughs> he's gonna kick some ass you know <laughs> some 80 90 year old guy that's been there for like 60 years i'll be like what'd you say oh man <laughs> you get two or three of your buddies buddy let's do this we see jake jason piccolo grassley coming across the coming across from the top bubble it's it you your insight on this and that's why i i respect it and because you're there and you're still working so you're you're seeing stuff that i'd stop seeing you know, when I left years ago. So now I'm, I'm on the outside looking in, which is fine. I, I want to be on the outside looking in, but I, I really do value, you know, what you're saying because you're still really in the middle of it all and you're, and you live in the middle of it all. And it, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's still to me, it still seems like people are still getting away with the same bullshit they've done for years. And we're not, we're not learning from it and we're losing more money and things are getting more expensive and there's even more pork that we're actually seeing now that used to be hidden, and we still don't care. It's like, what? what oh, wait what? till we stop recording, guys. I'll tell you. Really. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, brother, well with, honor, with that, I mean, I, I do want to make sure people check out your yeah. podcast, the Protectors Podcast, which you've been doing for quite some time now. You've had some major guests on there uh, at Dr. Jason Piccolo on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, yeah, unless there's anything else, actually, the, the only other thing I want to throw in there because it's coming up and I mentioned this on a previous show, August 13th, if you're in Colorado, 12 p.m. at the VFW post 6461, our friend Big Mike and Scallion Squad Fitness, they're doing the bench challenge and they're donating some of that money to 14th Hour Foundation. So uh, yeah, yeah, August 13th, I'm going to write this in the, in the description, 12 p.m. VFW post 6461 in Fountain, Colorado. Uh be there and and that's really it that's all that's all i've got thanks big mike for doing that big buddy thanks and that you are if i ever need security you are my bodyguard definitely gonna be my bodyguard. he's a monster and and jason man again you you're doing great things you look great brother so you, you're setting those setting those fitness goals <laughs> people realize that hey with a good body and your good fitness good health the mind mind follows mm -hmm. and vice mm -hmm. versa a lot and it, so, brother, you, you do. You look good. We do. Yeah, you're always welcome to come to the shooting force. Oh, yeah. Out. Just bring a Fort lever Scott, action. Scott, you hear that? Fort you Scott. You got to come to Fort Scott. Sure. But you got to bring one of your lever actions. Oh, I got to shoot yeah. you. <laughs> that you're awesome, man. Still love you. But you're the man, brother. Appreciate it. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. 
Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never, never quit. quit.